At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, we have our very first interview. I am so excited about it. You'll find out about Davina Darris, also known as Davi, who is a photographer, writer, dancer, and so many more things. Davi and I have known each other for many years, and there hasn't been a moment when I wasn't inspired by her. Her enthusiasm, curiosity, and openness to vulnerability make her a force to be reckoned with. In this interview, we talk about how she got started, her healthy relationship with social media, the way she approaches self-portraiture, and much, much more. Please enjoy. Hey, Davi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here as our first guest. Hi there. <laughs> so Davi and I, we, I guess we sort of go way back because I have been a fan of her sister's work for a long time, and her sister is Savannah Darris. She also takes photos of people, and... She was one of the first photographers whose work I was deeply inspired by. And then many years later, I found out that she has a sister and she and I connected because of our circumstances and we became really close friends. And I am the biggest fan of Davina Darris, to be honest. I'm so excited to have you here. And oh, I are so nice. Yes, I'm so just in love with the way that you photograph people, the emotions that you create. Every model in your pictures clearly feels comfortable in your presence. And there's just that sacred feminine energy that is just very, very evident in your entire gallery. And I'm also a major fan of your self-portraits. As a self-portrait photographer myself, I know how difficult it is to take pictures of yourself indoors and in limited circumstances with limited equipment. And you do that so professionally and gracefully. And I look forward to hearing more about your process and sharing your tips with our listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I feel the exact same way about you. That's so nice. <laughs> so would you like uh, to start with 
uh, an introduction, how you got into photography, just general information about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Dina Darris. I'm from Portland, Maine, and I got into photography about five years ago. My sister has been shooting ever since I was little. And so I've always, at first, I was always just like modeling for her. Being in front of the camera was what I was mostly used to. But I didn't start doing it myself until five years ago, like I said. And what really inspired me was that my sister and I had lived in London, England for a few months. And while we were there, I had met so many creative people. And it just, it really inspired me to want to do those things for myself. Cause I was just looking at all these different viewpoints, all these people from, you know, different ages from like teenagers to people in their forties. And not all of them had like top notch equipment, but they were creating such beautiful and captivating work. And it really just like pushed me to want to do that for myself too. And yeah, that was initially what made me take the plunge into photography. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's such a nice introduction to photography. I mean, your sister is very talented and creative and to be surrounded by a community of people who are artistic is a fantastic way to enter the world of photography. Yeah, most definitely. People are our biggest inspirations. Oh, for sure. And you are somebody who often takes photographs of people and yourself. And I would love to know your process of taking self-portraits because you don't have thousands of cameras or lenses and you tend to take pictures um, in your area. So you always find something beautiful to take photographs of. And I really admire that. And I would love for you to share your tips on taking self-portraits in limited spaces. Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing that I always go by is, you know, work with what you have. I think so many people just focus on the things they should have, the things that they think they need, you know, in regards to lighting or certain cameras, certain locations, etc. I think that if you start off small and you take it one step at a time and you remember you're doing, you're creating because of what you, because you love it. And as long as you have that as your drive, I think that, you know, you are capable of creating anything because it's not about the equipment. It's not about your following or how many people are going to look at it. It's about uh, you as an artist and, you know, what you put into it. That's what's going to make it like a captivating image. So for me, I'm a writer and my writing is always inspired by my emotions and so whenever I take pictures, I don't focus on what's in the image. I focus on how I feel and I focus on how I can channel that into my work and how a photograph can, it can embody that and how it comes across to different people. That's always my biggest uh, reasoning behind it. I know that explanation is all over the place, but for me, it's just, it's not about how it looks, it's about how it feels. and so. You know, I like to incorporate so many different things in my work from from nature to natural lighting to fashion to beauty. I try to really uh, capture the essence of things all into one photograph to make it stand out in a certain way. That's really wonderful. I think that is a very unique way of approaching photos. And I can definitely relate to that because for me, photography is very much about the emotions in the image not necessarily the subject. Oftentimes I take pictures of myself, but each image has its own feeling and atmosphere depending on my mood and the story I'm trying to tell. So 
I think for a lot of people, it is important to know, especially for aspiring photographers, that you don't need to have the best equipment, the most expensive equipment. It doesn't have to be fancy if you can't access it. I mean, if you can, that's amazing and good for you. But I think for many people in the world, we're limited to a specific camera, even if it's a smartphone camera. And that's totally cool because the point is storytelling. The point is to pour your heart and soul into an image. And I think it will work in any case if you do that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So you have shared with me in the past that you don't spend that much time on social media. And I think that is very admirable because... I personally don't have an Instagram account for my photography, my professional photography, and I know that's the case for you as well. And I think that is a very healthy approach to the online world, and you are clearly benefiting from it because, as you've shared in the past, your mental health is affected greatly by social media, and that in turn affects your creativity. So I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, so... I used to have an Instagram that I had made strictly for my photography a few years ago. And I remember when I had that, although I had, you know, accumulated a following and a lot of people really admired my work and what I did, it really didn't affect me the greatest because I started to develop this really unrelated, like this really unhealthy relationship with my platform because I was so fixated on how I was being viewed and it it really did take away from my work, like the passion of it, because all the things I was doing, I was constantly thinking in the back of my mind, like, what is so-and-so going to think about this? How is this going to look on my feed? How is this going to look different? And yada, yada, yada. And so I ended up getting rid of that account. And I took a break from social media for like three months. And it was like the greatest impact on my mental health like ever. And so I am back on social media now, but I have a very specific relationship with it where I'm only on it for, you know, maybe a couple weeks per month, if that, and then I will go an entire month off of it. And honestly, it did help me, you know, not only get back in touch with myself, but it really made me understand why I wanted to create in the first place. It wasn't because of social media. It was because of my own love for this particular art form. And I think that when so many artists are constantly on Instagram every single day, you know, because we have smartphones in our pockets now, it's not the same as it was 15 years ago. I think a lot of us start to subconsciously create, not because of something that we're feeling, but because of something we're seeing. And we just kind of want to, you know, go with the trend or do something because so-and-so did something. And, you know, not to say that people are trying to be like copycats, you know, obviously all art is inspired by something else, but it's just, you need to remember you create because you do it for yourself and for the love of it. And so I think for everybody to just like take breaks now and then they will start to really uh, reap the rewards of just like how good it'll affect your mind and also, you know, your creative process, because then there's things that you're creating once again, strictly for yourself. Yes, that is a really good point to make. And of course, to the listeners, you don't have to approach this the same way we do exactly. I mean, Davi and I, we, especially Davi, just, we have this interesting relationship where we are able to take breaks from Instagram and other platforms whenever we want to, but 
there are people with businesses who need to be active more often. But I think even then, you can still find time to take breaks and make sure that you have your own me time away from all of the notifications, away from all the busyness of social media. I mean, Instagram for me can be very distracting in general. I follow some photographers, but the Discover tab for me is my enemy, to be honest. I mean, for some people, it's a source of inspiration. For me, it's a source of great distraction. And so I think if you notice yourself being in that element or you're just uh, being drained by all of this information, whether it's inspiring or not, and you're feeling overwhelmed, then you should definitely follow Davi's advice and just uh, take a break. Take a break uh, if you can for an hour or two, if that's all you can offer or take a break for a month or three. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, something I wanted to add is taking breaks are so incredibly vital. Even if you are a person where, you know, if you have a business that requires you to be more active and you have to pay more attention, you still do need to schedule in me time. Even if you don't go off social media for months at a time, like we have, I think it still is important to, you know, take a few days or even a week just to rejuvenate your brain. Because when your mind is constantly so flooded with all this information from all these different people, it's very overstimulating and it's very overwhelming. And so, you know, to take breaks, I think it, again, it'll do you so many wonders and you'll feel so much better. So when you come back, you'll be able to produce content that again is that you're making because you don't feel as pressured. It's, it'll flow more naturally. Exactly. And this has got me thinking about this community called Lamography. I'm sure I've mentioned this to you, Daffy, but to the listeners, Lamography is this community where people are encouraged to take pictures for themselves and to take candid pictures and not really think about the process and just follow your heart and your emotions, which sounds so cliche. But I think at the end of the day, that's what really matters in photography. And of course, some people are into the technical side, which is amazing. But I think at the heart of it, photography is about telling a story, whatever story it is. And whether you want to put words to that story or just leave them in the form of a picture, it doesn't matter. The point is to for it to come from your heart. And I really support that community. And it got me thinking about, I mean, it's inspiring for me in general, especially lately with uh, all the changes in my life. And I'm sure people listening, like with the virus, there's been so much craziness going on. I think it's good to sit down, take a break from social media, forget about all the notifications and just think about what your soul wants you to create. Again, very mm-hmm. cliche, but it does benefit and it has benefited, benefited me a lot in, in, in the past few years, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.
so speaking of the virus and the self-isolation and just the quarantine situation, I know that each country has its own rules, but I know that in America, um, there were some pretty strict rules from what I understand. And I'm wondering how that affected your creativity. Did it give you more inspiration? Did it give you less inspiration? And yeah, anything else you want to share about that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, not for this to sound bad, but I feel like the whole self-isolation and quarantining, I think it's really benefited my creativity personally. And I think a lot of other artists have felt the same way too, simply because, you know, because we are quarantined, there's so many less distractions now because there's things that we, we physically cannot do. And so it's like, all you have right now is yourself and your thoughts. And it's like all the people who had all these ideas who wanted to be productive, but they couldn't because, you know, maybe they were hustling at work or they just, they had a really busy life. Things have really slowed down. It's giving you the time to, you know, be productive with those things and focus on them a bit more. And for me, you know, I started really taking up self-portraiture again after not doing it for so many months because I was so worn out from my day job. And for me, it's just is giving me more freedom in that aspect because I can really focus on it and I don't have an excuse not to. Um, Because again, everything else is just on hiatus. So it's really allowing me to be in touch with that part of myself again. And, you know, I am still allowed to go outside luckily. And I have a lot of like secluded spots around me that I can utilize where, you know, there's not that many people, if at all. So I don't have to worry. I can kind of create in peace. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I completely agree with you. And of course, I think a lot of people can relate to this unusual inspiration during a difficult time because we are stuck at home and we do have to sit and think about what we want to do at home and oftentimes that is taking pictures indoors or maybe in our area where it's safe and that can lead to a lot of creative opportunities so for the people out there sitting at home who can't go out who feel like they don't know where to find inspiration maybe try taking indoor pictures or if you've never Mm -hmm. taken portraits try taking a few pictures of yourself and you don't always have to show your face that's something I like to emphasize when I speak to people because not every self-portrait has to feature your face. It can be a picture of the back of your head with your hair flowing behind you or a picture, a cropped photo of you holding something that is dear to you. So I think there's a lot of creative possibilities in that regard. And yeah, but Davi, what advice would you give to somebody who has never really taken a self-portrait, who wants to look flattering and also tell a story that is meaningful? Uh, okay. So for someone who's first starting it, you know, I think at first it's going to feel uncomfortable because if it's something you're not used to, there's a lot of people who just don't take pictures of themselves in general. My biggest advice is to just kind of like play around with it and, you know, take pictures for fun. And even if you don't want to share them with someone else, take them for yourself, just so you can initially get comfortable with yourself in front of the camera. And For ideas, you know, just play around with different things. Like I said, maybe you also get inspired by writing or emotion. Maybe you get inspired by music or something you see in a movie or in a drawing. Some people are more visual, you know, for creative wise. Uh, I would say just look at different things that genuinely speak to you and really inspire you. 
And so that way you can kind of bring the two together. Once you've gotten more comfortable in front of the camera, you can just come up with little ideas that are fun and just like put things together and just make it like a fun little art project for yourself. Even once again, if you're not planning on putting it somewhere, just so you can get that foundation there. So when you do create a bit more, you will have more confidence with it. Yeah, exactly. That's a fantastic tip for people because you have to sort of, if you have never taken self-portraits, try to make it more comfortable for yourself by linking it to other mediums. Like, as you said, writing, maybe somebody is a natural born writer or they like drawing. There are many ways for you to collaborate in those ways with photography and make something that's truly unique to you. So, of course, it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. I mean, when I started out, I was 12 years old and I was just kind of kind of like a spunky kid. I was really confident because I was so inspired. But after a few years, I started to compare myself to other self-portrait photographers. And you know, once Instagram started to get more popular and I did start to feel this insecurity creeping in where I was wondering if my pictures were good compared to the other person's pictures. And that's normal and natural. But Um, At the end of the day, you have to do what is right for you and make sure that you embrace the failures and the insecurities and understand that they're normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, so Savannah, your sister, she often takes pictures of you and you take photos of her as well. So you, you know how to model well. You are also a dancer, a writer. You have so many eclectic interests, which I find very inspiring. I think... It's really helpful for listeners to know that it's okay to have so many interests and not really know exactly what you are or label yourself because in the process, you can mix and match and come up with a really exciting new you. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for people who are just starting out in general as photographers. They have all these interests. They don't know what to do. Where should they start so that they feel more like themselves as artists that makes any sense Mm, yeah oh that's a big one I think once again you know it's just focus on the things that you love and focus on doing those things and you know the more you do them the better you will get and the more confident you will get you know try not to focus on a label or putting yourself in a box or in a category try not to get confused with things like that because they really don't matter Like whatever it is you love doing, it's just your craft is going to get better over time. And yeah, I I really don't know how to answer that one. It's just kind of like, just, you know, take the first steps of doing the things you want to do. And, you know, even if it's scary at first, like so many people feel like they need to take all these certain precautions with getting started. But the beauty of any type of art form, whether it's writing, it's dance, it's photography, you know there's no rules. There's no legitimate rules. And once you just start doing things and you find your own rhythm and you find the things that work for you, you're going to be able to incorporate things and it's just going to get better and better. And you're just going to grow more passionate about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) That's great advice. All over the place. No, that's, that's an awesome answer. I really like it. So I, also want to include our tech savvy listeners in this episode. I know a lot of people are interested in the kinds of camera equipment that photographers use and the process of taking pictures. So would you be open to sharing with us your camera equipment and 
how you typically take a self-portrait, like a few steps, a few of the most important steps? Yeah, so the camera equipment that I have, I currently have a Canon 6D, the Mark One, not the Mark II. And when I would take pictures of other people, I mostly use the 50 millimeter f1.8. Nothing, you know, major. That lens you can find for $100 brand new. Uh, and when I would take pictures of myself, my personal favorite lens is the Sigma 35 f1.4. So when I'm taking self-portraits, for me, uh, I'm very tall. <laughs> I'm five foot ten. So for me, it's really important that I have like a lot of space in, you know, my in my frame for myself because you know, especially since I can't see it on the other side. So I really enjoy, you know, thirty-five, even twenty-four millimeter lenses, which I know are ideally not what people lean towards for portraiture, but I really like them because they are kind of funky and you can play around with them and, you know, just create something really like abstract and cool. Um, but yeah. And so, yeah, with other people, I use the 50 just because it's, it's just, it's a different perspective. And uh, what was the full question once again, after the equipment? The process of taking self portraits, just the most important stuff that you keep in mind. The setup. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I just, I go into every single shoot very open-minded and, you know, I, it's the same thing. I'm trying to work with what I have. I play around with different things, um, but I try to play around with different things that I have. Like my favorite thing is taking things and putting it like right next to the lens. You know, sometimes you'll take a flower and you'll, you'll put it next to the lens and it'll create this flare or I'll play around with like a sheet, a drape I have, maybe like a lace quilt and you're able to create these these interesting things in the image as well as, you know, taking a really beautiful portrait of yourself or someone else. I'm just really big on like playing with my surroundings and the environment and lighting and, you know, again, just making sure to keep that fun element in the process of everything. That's great. I really like your process and I can really relate to your techniques because for me as well, I like to approach a photo shoot with an open mind and I like to use anything that's around me, even if it's not necessarily related to photography. I mean, honestly, to everybody listening, if you are interested in any way in portrait photography, I think even still life photography, and you have props surrounding you, whether it's your own finger or I don't know, kitchen equipment, try to hold it in front of your camera, cover a part of the lens um, and focus on your subject and that will create a beautiful foreground. Just uh, use the weirdest things as props and you might be very surprised by the results. I mean, with lighting, you can do so many things. You can um, create your own patterns with, let's say, a sun hat. If you hold it next to your face, it'll create these beautiful um, speckles of light or... You can even use your own hands to create dark shadows in your face. So just mm -hmm. follow Davi's lead and use anything and everything that comes your way. And I think you'll be um, in love with the results that you have. Yeah, I've used sticks before, to be honest. And I've created really cool stuff. Thanks. I'd love to see those pictures. Yeah, yeah. I just like found like random sticks that had like certain, you know, little like designs and I just like put them near the lens and I'm like okay what what does this look like <laughs> yeah and sometimes these things will not work out and that's fine I mean for me it's definitely trial and error and 
sometimes I try something, I'm super excited about it. And then I look at the pictures on my laptop and I'm like, man, that was a waste of time. Okay, we'll have to start over. <laughs> and that's oh, going to happen. No. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing that I always used was prisms. They always Ooh. created like the coolest light and reflections. Yes. So I yeah, definitely, I love- yeah, definitely recommend those. Absolutely. They're pretty cheap too, right? I think you can buy them for a very low price online. Yeah, no, definitely. I found mine for like $10 and mine is like a legitimate like crystal. Oh, wow. Fancy. I like that. So I was like, oh, okay, this works. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Things like that, they are sometimes made specifically for photography. I've seen a lot of people sharing tips with prisms and there are special lenses for that there are diy things you can make for yourself so i mean whatever you use it can give you some pretty unexpected results especially for portraits yeah definitely yeah so my last question for you and something that i want to ask all of our guests from now on is what are your three photography related plans for the future things you'd like to achieve no matter how extravagant or small or just anything your heart desires Mm. Uh, I guess one of them is I always say I just want to continue expanding myself creatively because again with the beauty with art is that it's it's never an ending process you're always learning you're always evolving and growing so that is always like my number one initiative is to just continue growing continue learning new things you know meeting new people getting inspired by the things that I love and just expanding myself, not only as a creative, but as a person, just so I can continue having fun with what I do. Um, You know, and a second thing is I do enjoy vulnerability within art. I think that having that, you know, special element is what really gives it that spark and that depth that really draws people in because, you know, people want to see things that only inspire them but they can relate to and so even when it's hard I do try to be vulnerable with you know my artwork my writing I try to express the parts of myself that are very raw and honest just so I can really put my heart into something and you know hope that it touches the heart of somebody else and thirdly I guess for me Again, art is really about connection with people too. So another goal is to just, you know, keep connecting with other people and to keep being able to create a safe and phenomenal space with another person and encourage other people to bring out parts of themselves that they normally wouldn't bring out on their own, you know, because we live in such a society that just has so much judgment and makes people feel weird. So my goal is to just continue connecting with people and to have them, you know, inspire them to want to do things for themselves, whether that's photography or writing or, I don't know, baking cakes for a living. I just want to connect with people and encourage them to let out their most like wildest selves in a way that's, you know, creative and beautiful and therapeutic. Those are wonderful things. And I'm sure that you will be able to achieve them and I wish you the very best on luck with them. And thank you, Davi, for taking some time to be interviewed for photography course. Uh, I was so happy to have you here. So inspired by this conversation. I hope our listeners have learned a thing or two or 10 from you. And yeah, I basically speechless because I want to get up and take pictures now. <laughs> so thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> okay.
Yeah, of course. Thank you. Okay, have an incredible day. And uh, I will share all of your links to the listeners in the description. And I look forward to seeing your work in the future. Yeah, definitely. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Debbie. That was very inspiring. I hope you enjoyed our very first interview. Davi was so fun to talk to. She's such a magical person who's full of wisdom and just general sunshine. I mean, how refreshing is that? I hope you're as inspired as I am to go out and take pictures. I also hope that Davi's relationship with social media encourages you in your own way. It's never too late to start over and reinvent the creative side of your life. In our next episode, I'll be interviewing a very special guest that I've known for over 10 years. He got into photography only a few years ago, actually, but he's already doing so well both creatively and professionally. His curiosity is very refreshing and definitely something that can inspire those of us who have been in the industry for a long time. It can also be a great source of encouragement for beginners. I cannot wait for you to hear his story. In the meantime, keep taking pictures and sharing them in our private Facebook group. See you soon! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.